In today's episode of Comments Over Coffee, we are talking about cameras and lighting, like what's good, what's not, what should you do, how can you do it on a budget? We're covering all of that. So grab your cup, tumbler, or mug because we're starting right now. Welcome to Comments Over Coffee, where you'll learn how to get better at YouTube and online video over a cup of coffee. Pour a cup for your host, Nick Nimmin. If this is your first time here, I want to let you know that the comments that you hear answered on this show are pulled from the submission form on the commentsovercoffee.com website. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, head over to commentsovercoffee.com. And as long as it's not something that I've answered here before, we will go ahead and get it in the queue. I also want to let you know that I put together a website, a resource source website for YouTube content creators called bestcreatortools.com. I've got a link to it down in the show notes on bestcreatortools.com. It's all the things that I use, all the things that I recommend to content creators. So if you are looking for things like video editing software, audio processing software, things to help you write your scripts, YouTube growth software, uh, not software, but YouTube growth uh, plugins like TubeBuddy, for example, and some other ones. Um, If you're looking for things like that, even services, thumbnail creation, video editing, all that, you can find it over at bestcreatortools.com. Tools.com. Make sure you go there first so you don't have to waste time using stuff that sucks. Our question today comes from Strike of Fun. Strike of Fun says, hey, Nick, I watch your videos and I just had a question that I had to tell you so I could maybe answer it. So you could maybe answer it in a podcast. Um, I have a band and we are going to use our YouTube channel for music videos. Do you have any ideas on cameras or lighting? So first, this is a great question because people are always asking about cameras and lighting for their YouTube content. So not only am I going to talk about music, but you're going to be able to apply this regardless of the type of content that you make on your YouTube channel. So when it comes to camera and lighting, the very first thing that I want to tell you is that, of course, cameras are a very intimate choice, and that comes down to the style and the look that you're going for. But when it comes to a camera, you know, if you're talking about entry level cameras, of course, you can get started with a webcam or a phone. You know, a lot of people get started that way because they don't want to invest, you know, $1,000 or $800 into a camera. And because of that, they'll just get started using a webcam or a phone because you can get really good quality these days out of a, you know, $100 webcam or out of, you know, an iPhone or one of the flagship phones that, you know, Samsung puts out, for example. But when it comes to cameras to use for your YouTube videos, I just want to let you know that cameras are important because of the features that they allow. So some of them have flip screens to where if you're vlogging, for example, you would want something like that because if you have a flip screen, then in that case, you can actually see how you're framed in the shot and that sort of thing. Um, And then other ones don't have that. So for example, while I'm recording this audio, I'm also recording a video version for YouTube. And with this camera that I'm using, I have to use an external monitor for it because it doesn't have a flip screen. So because of that, it's limiting for vlogging. I've vlogged with it, but it's very limiting. So other features to keep in mind, especially if you're doing music videos, if you're doing any type of other creative content is some cameras also have the option to where you can shoot the footage at a high frame rate. What that means is that it essentially takes more pictures in a shorter amount of time so that you can do more creative things with the footage. So for example, if you are shooting the the film type look, that's typically like a 24 frames per second type of uh, frame rate that you are getting, not type of frame rate. I mean, that is the, the frame rate. <laughs> so you're getting a, you know, 24 frames per second. That means that 24 photos are essentially being taken every second and they're being stitched together in video format. That's, that's what that is. Now, if you jump up to 60 frames per second, then 
then what happens there is things start to look a little bit more realistic, maybe even hyper real. Um, and you'll see a lot of live streamers using 60 frames per second because it just makes it feel more like you're sitting in the room instead of it being something that you're watching or participating in like the cinematic look does with, with the 24 frames per second. So with the 60 frames per second, the difference is that you can, you are essentially taking 60 pictures within that one second time. So a lot of people will also use like filmmakers, for example, they will use a camera that has the 24 frames per second, which is default in pretty much everything. But then they also have the option to shoot some of the footage that they're going to slow down or turn into slow motion or just slow it down so they can stabilize the footage or something like that. Um, they'll shoot it in 60 frames per second so that it'll, so that they'll, they're able to slow the footage down because they take that 60 frames per second, they slow the velocity down in their editing software. And if you're not a video editor, I might've just lost you there, <laughs> but basically what it is is they just slow the footage down inside of the video editing software. And then that allows the, the frame rate to start matching that 24 frames per second or somewhere around that area based on the setting that they use and that will create that slow motion look now some cameras as well they'll go up to 120 frames per second the one i'm recording on right now it has the option to go up to 120 frames per second which means that when i shoot something in the 120 frames per second i'm getting 120 shots within that one second time frame so when it comes to slowing footage down i can get some awesome slow motion footage you can actually i created a youtube channel and I ended up getting a guideline strike on it for your reuse. It, it got opened back up, so it's not a big deal, but I stopped uploading to it for that reason. But if you go to free stock vids on YouTube or just go to freestockvids.com and reforwards the, or it forwards over to there, um, you'll see some of the slow motion footage that I'm able to get with this Sony a6500. And you know that, that 120 frames per second really makes it to where you can really slow the footage down. So the important thing when you're shooting music videos, of course, or any type of content on YouTube is you have to think creatively what is it that I'm trying to do and what camera is going to allow me to do that and what camera is going to allow me to do that within my budget that's the that's a big question right there so you know this this Sony that I'm using this one I think the body by itself is somewhere around $800 or something like that but the next thing that I want to talk about is the lens itself because you can have a decent camera to where the body is like a really good camera but the actual lens on it isn't great and since the lens isn't great it causes the camera to kind of suck because if the lens isn't good then what's happening is you're not being able to take full advantage of the capabilities of the camera itself so in that situation what you're doing if you don't also splurge on the lens while you're splurging on the camera is that you do create a little bit of limitation now with that said just having you know a decent kit lens right out of the gate is often better than you know using a phone or something like that because of the creative possibilities that you can do with it for example i got a canon m50 um, which i think is around a 600 or so camera and i got that specifically for live streaming so i never took any videos never took any photos with it but i ended up changing to a sony a5100 for live streaming. Uh, this happened just a couple of weeks ago and I gave my M50 to my girlfriend. That was my first time being able to see it actually in action, you know, personally um, using it for video and photo. And, uh, and I'm pretty impressed uh, with that camera and we just have the kit lens on it. So for what it is that she's using it for, which she's not, you know, on YouTube or anything, but what she's using it for um, is just taking videos of her family and, you know, taking some really nice looking pictures. You can see some of them. Um, she's taking pictures of me as well for Instagram. So you can see some of the photos 
photos that are coming out of that camera on my uh, Instagram as well. Just look for my name on Instagram and, and it'll come up, Nick Nimmin. And um, with that, it just showed me the potential of that camera. It's not an expensive camera, but it's it, the, the, the images and the videos that it takes is really solid. So with further exploration on that camera, um, you find out that it's also a very common camera for vloggers. And part of that is because it's lightweight, it's small, um, you can change lenses on it so it opens you up creatively. And in addition to that, um, it does have some options in terms of the frame rate and things like that. It doesn't go overboard like the camera that I'm using for this video. However, it's flexible, right? In terms of, you know, the adjustments that you can do um, with it. So because that's a great starter camera, but here's the thing, when it comes to your camera, like you don't have, like a starter camera can last you forever, right? Like I built the core of my YouTube channel on a Canon 70D with a kit lens on it. So the entire package I think was like $900 and that, that rode me for years on that until it actually still, we use that sometimes for live streaming as well. And uh, it's still a fantastic camera, but you know, that's also kind of like a starter, uh, you know, like a getting started camera. Now, these days, they also, depending on when you listen to this, these days, they also have um, a new Sony camera that came out called the ZV-1. A lot of people are really happy about that as well, because it has some of the um, depth of field, which is basically, if you're not familiar with that terminology, what it means is if you're looking at an image, then when you're seeing that image, you're going to notice that the background is going to blur somewhat and the, you know, the image itself is going to be in focus. That is what's called the depth of field. And it basically replicates the eye, um, depending on the lens that you're using, it's, it's made to replicate the, the eye and how, if you look at something close up, everything behind it gets really blurred out. Um, but if you look at something far away then you can see everything, you know, nice and crispy, but there's a lot of technicalities in that with, you know, with how you're setting your camera and all that as well. But what I'm getting at is when you are deciding on a camera, if you end up going with the ZV-1 or if you end up going um, with a A6500 or if you go with, you know, one of the nicer cameras like the like the A7 III or if you go with a Canon or a Fuji or, you know, whatever device it is that you decide to shoot your content with, the lens. I just want to stress that the lens that you're putting on it is extremely important. And of course, as you go up in the tier, at a certain point, you get to where it's like, hey, I've got all these features that I can use and you just have to make sure that they're features that you're actually going to use before you spend for those features. But then at a certain point, it comes to where it's like, you know what, if I spend an extra thousand dollars, is it really going to make that big of a difference? And in a lot of cases, it might based on what it is that you're doing, but in a lot of cases, it won't really. So as an example, for the price that I got my A6500 for, I could have paid another A6500 in terms of the cost, plus a little bit more in order to get a a7 III or a, a7R3 for the Sony as well. It's a full frame camera, which means that the sensor's bigger on it and the lenses that you get on there are, um, you know, you, you can see more, so to speak, because of the sensors that are on there and uh, the lenses are more expensive for it and all that. But upgrading for the type of content that I make doesn't really make sense right? Because I'm not going out there and doing cinematic, you know, B-roll and things like that. And everything that I'm doing, I can do it on the A6500. And it's more than enough for what it is that I personally need. So because of that, even though those cameras are tempting, you know, based on gear acquisition syndrome, <laughs> which is a, a thing that uh, Jevin Dovey likes to talk about. Um, but 
even though, you know, I, w I would like to have those cameras, it's just not worth it for what it is that I use the camera for because I just sit in front of the camera and I talk to it, right? With the exception of shooting some B-roll that's needed, I can do everything that I need on these A6500. That's why I have two of these A6500s. So basically when it comes to your camera, you have to think about that sort of thing. Now, when it comes to lighting, Oh, and real quick, before we get into lighting, I do want to say another great option is, you know, if you want to just get started and you're like, hey, I want a camera, something that I can take with me, you can also use a GoPro. With a GoPro, you can experiment with like your frame rate and things like that. And with that, the the ZV-1 as well. But with that, you know, the, the GoPros, they're like rough and tough cameras. So you can get like a GoPro 8 and you can get the media kit for it. And with the uh, media attachment on it, then you can add microphones and lights and all that good stuff. So it's just like one little package that you just run around with and it's light enough to fit in your pocket and uh you know depending on the memory card that you put in there you can capture a lot of footage on it and things like that so that's definitely an option as well but when it comes to your lighting now the easiest thing of course is the sunlight so if you're doing music videos for example or if you're doing anything outside then you know just using the sunlight or shooting at nighttime but with some type of artificial lighting to light you up as the subject um, would be a good way to go now when it comes to um, a music video specifically I don't know if you want to do it outside in the sun, if you're trying to do it at night, or if you're trying to do it inside, or what it is that you're trying to do. But on Brian G. Johnson's channel, or if you go to, um, if you go to YouTube search and you type in Brian G. Johnson diss track, right? Diss track. Trust me here. If you go to Brian G. Johnson and you type in diss track, you're going to see a music video that Brian G. Johnson and I made for fun. Now that particular music video is actually cooler, and I'm not just saying this because because I, I made it, um, but this video is cooler than a lot of the stuff that musicians, people that are trying to grow their YouTube channels, this video, and we don't even do that type of content, but this video turned out cooler than a lot of the stuff that musicians are making. And it's because we just sat back and we said, okay, creatively, what can we do to make this look kind of, you know, cool or give it some type of vibe or some type of style. And what we did with that is we just shot it indoors and we put one light on ourselves. Mine was a ring light, but his was a uh, was a softbox. We put one light on ourselves and it was close enough to where we were light, but the background was dark. And then we put it in the video editing software and we did a little bit of treatment there to to make it black and white and to add more contrast to it to create that you know white and black separation. And uh, and it ended up turning out awesome. We got a lot of really great feedback from it. But when it comes to your lighting from a music video perspective, you really got to think like, okay, what are we trying to do here, right? Because you can get really creative with lighting. But for everybody, when you are thinking of your lighting for your YouTube videos, what you want to do is you want to turn off all the lights in your place, right? Just turn off everything. And you want to start painting the room with light. And what I mean by that is you start with your background, right? You start with your background and you're like, okay, this is what my background, the, 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 the exposure that I want my background to have. This is the lighting I want my background to have. These are the things that I'm trying to bring attention to in my background or not. And because of that, I'm going to light that background based on what it is that I want the background to look like. Now, from there, I'm going to move up in the scene and I'm going to start lighting me or the subject or whatever it happens to be. And then I'm going to start lighting me based on the combination of what I just did with the background. So you start painting out with you starting with the background and then you start painting out as you get closer to the camera, so to speak. Um, and the win with that is that 
when you do it that way, then you fully expose for everything within your scene. Now, sometimes, right, a lot of light is gonna be required for this. Sometimes, you know, a bigger lighting budget is gonna be required. However, you can go the budget route, which is you can go to Home Depot or a hardware store. And at Home Depot or a hardware store, you can get work lamps. And those work lamps, you can actually take those, you can put like a cloth of some sort over them, but make sure that, you know, you use the um, CFL lights, which stands for compact fluorescent lights. Uh, make sure that you use those inside of your LEDs that don't get hot, because of course you don't want to burn anything down. That's my disclaimer for this. <laughs> you don't want to catch anything on fire. But um, me personally, I do this and I use CFL lights. I'll just go ahead and recommend that you do not do this at home just to be on the safe side, right? Just in case there's somebody crazy listening to this. But um, what I'm getting at though, is you can use the uh, uh, CFL lights and you can put something in front of them and that softens the light. So if you're lighting yourself, then you can just go get work lights. The whole entire setup is going to cost you like 50 bucks, maybe. Um, and you go get these lights and then you can actually build your entire set, the lighting in the background. If you have any, um, you can backlight, you can put a hair light on yourself. And by doing that, you give yourself the option or the, the opportunity to create a really deep, interesting looking scene when it comes to your YouTube videos. Now, a lot of people, if you don't know about lighting, one of the things that's important to know is that one, your camera matters because of what your camera can pick up and how much grain your camera is going to introduce into the shot or how much noise your camera is going to introduce into the shot. Um, but when it comes to lighting everything, what a lot of people don't know is a lot of content creators will have in a lot of movies you see in everything, they'll have tons of lights for their set, but you only see or think that there's, you know, hey, they got like a light in the background and they've got like a light or two hitting them. But in a lot of cases, they have lights that are, you know, hitting from one side, one of them's hitting kind of like a back shoulder to separate them from the background. Another one's hitting a, a right shoulder to separate that from the background. One of them's up above to separate, you know, their hair from the background. Um, and then other times, depending on what it is that you're shooting, like this one that I'm shooting right now, I just have lights in the background for color. And then I just have one light that I'm using in this situation to get the look that I'm talking about here. Now, these are gonna be on YouTube. I don't know if they will be by the time you hear this, but these are going to be on YouTube. So you'll just be able to look for comments over coffee on YouTube and you'll be able to see exactly what it is that I'm talking about here. Just match the title of this episode with the title of that YouTube video and you'll see it. But when it comes to that cheap lighting setup, um, I have a YouTube video. If you just look up Nick Nimmin Lighting, you're gonna see a video in there because I've got a handful of different options for you there. Um, but you're going to see different options in there for lighting as well to where you know, I'll actually show you the, the different lighting kit that you can, uh, different lighting kits that you can get on a super small budget in order to be able to make your scene look really great um, without, you know, having to break the bank, so to speak. However, if you are investing in what it is that you're doing, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I got a little bit of money to spend on this. You know, I've, I'm making some YouTube, you know, ad money or, or affiliate money. So because of that, I have some money that I can reinvest. Then in that situation, you can get um, aperture lighting. Aperture lighting is fantastic. That's what I use for my sit down set. Um, for my stand up set, I use Godex lighting and the Godex lighting is more of a direct um, lighting for the for the ones that I use specifically. But the aperture lights, those are both just LED panels and, uh, and they turn out great. Now, the ones that I use in the background, I just use hue like for the color that I use in the background those are Philips hue lights and then I can change the color you know on my phone so that I can make them look whatever it is that I want them to look like so for my main YouTube stuff I have them all blue um, for this comments over coffee for example I turn them orange so that it's a different vibe right so it all looks a little bit different um, so that people know that it's something different when they come into it because I'm still sitting here in the same spot <laughs> right so um, because of that I just recommend that you you know watch a ton of videos on lighting and start experimenting um, you know with different ways 
ways to light your set because lighting really is the key to making your videos look awesome because there's there's one side of it's like hey i just want a bunch of light and in that case you can just sit by a window right if you can sit by a window you can let the the sunlight come in if you have the time to record during the day and you can just you know record by sunlight that's fine however um if you want to stylize your scene then in that situation that's where you start you know investing in some lighting or you just go to the hardware store and pick up some different lights that you can use um, but you start paying attention to your lighting and you start looking at you know how you can separate yourself from the background and how you can bring attention to different things on your set and that sort of thing um, but lighting can really really make a big difference on what your set actually looks like and the perceived value this is important the perceived value of your content so i call this visual authority that's my word for it but visual authority is basically when somebody lands on your video right out of the gate if they turn it on and they get they're getting a quality experience in terms of it looks great it sounds great it's lit well all of that right out of the gate you have credibility right you have that visual authority because you've grabbed their attention and it's like oh this is this they must be a serious youtuber or they must be serious about the content because it's a good looking experience right so i'm a big fan of that so in order to create that experience you know you can do most of that with lighting even if you're using your phone there's an app called filmic pro filmic pro allows you to adjust your settings on your phone to where you can use lighting in a creative way, but you can adjust your phone around that lighting, or you can set your phone for the exposure that you want, but then turn on your lights and move your lights around um, based on, you know, what it is that you're wanting the scene to look like, but you can do that with uh, filmic pro and it can help you pro your videos up, even if you're doing it um, on a phone and that's available for iPhone and Android as well. Again, make sure you check out best creatortools.com for anything it is that you need for your YouTube channel. I hope you learned something today. Thanks for having a coffee with me. Get show notes, resources, and more over at commentsovercoffee.com or grab yourself a refill and listen to another episode.